This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, all. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where Billy and I tackle a topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship to it. Today's topic was luck, and our guest was our friend Jack Dolgen. Please enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, hello and welcome back to the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafiori. I'm Adam Lustig. And this might be episode number eight? It's episode number something. Okay. It's between zero and a thousand. I think it might be eight. That's a big help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode number something. Yeah, I'd like to narrow it down. Yeah. I think it's number eight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Adam, you and I Mm -hmm. just did a podcast about Vegas. Yes, we did. From that point, we went to Vegas. Both of us individually, irrespective of each other's visits, went with our own agendas. And the great news is we are back on the podcast we survived oh my gosh we made it yeah. how was your vegas time my vegas time could be described as i survived <laughs> <laughs> does that make sense yeah yeah it makes sense we had talked about it last time that it was for your buddy's bachelor party yes and you went with some particularly hard partying dudes yes who are all at least six foot three and they all exceeded my expectations and for now we'll leave it at that okay great how was your vegas time uh it was good i went with my smaller than six foot three parents uh, and we went to see the Pac-12 basketball tournament. Uh, right. And that was really, really Vegas, like super glitzy, a lot of um, quiet. We sat there in quiet a lot of the time together uh, and just enjoyed the basketball. It was fun. Well, we just came back from Vegas. Mm-hmm. And today we have a guest on the show, a good friend of ours, yes. a musician, yes. a writer for the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Absolutely. Who is leaving for Las Vegas tomorrow. Holy crud, So man. what do you say? We give him a professional podcast welcome. <laughs> this is... Jack Dolgen. Hi, Jack. Hi, guys. Hey, Jack. I've been here the whole time (laughs) while you were talking. It was was really great. You heard that entire preamble and pretended not to be here, but was in fact here. Yeah, and there was many times that I wanted to chuckle or giggle, and I just wanted to respect Because we had to give you the proper introduction. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to start talking. I never talk to anyone without an introduction. Yeah, of course. That's really respectful. Of my my own ego. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And meet Jack Dolgen. Jack isn't introduced first and last name in any social setting, you won't get a peep out of him. No, I won't fact, even I'm s- gone. Yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> exactly. I'm gone. You missed it. You missed yeah. it. So, uh, I'm so excited that you guys went to Vegas. And you're about to. And I'm about to. And I'm going to be, you know, betting on all the NCAA games first round. Gosh. First round. And I, I'm an Arizona basketball fan. Oh, yeah. And so I'm excited that you saw the Pac-12 tournament, although not excited about all of the results, but... Why Arizona did okay? No, they did okay, but not you know. And they have like maybe a six, five or six seed right they now. We got a six. We got a six seed. The Pac-12 looked good, man. That USC team was scary. I would love to. I mean, that first round game, USC Providence. USC is like a deep team. They have like a couple of pros on their team. That little kid number eleven, like McLaughlin, is sick. But they're playing Providence, who has that guy Chris Dunn, who's like going to be top five NBA lottery pick no matter what. Winner against North Carolina. God Almighty, I wish I was going with you to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> why don't you just come? <laughs> Why don't we what just is go- <laughs> stopping either of you from just coming? Tomorrow? This is one of those like when three guys get together. Why don't you just come to Vegas? We're not coming to Vegas, we Jack. Ju- we, we just, just came we just back. Went. In in a hang uh, with three guys, it takes somewhere between five and six and a half minutes to get to. Why don't Why don't we just go to Vegas? Why don't you just come to Vegas? That's exactly. geographically dependent. If you're in New York City, <laughs> yeah. it's why don't we just go to Atlantic City? Right, Same. that's true. Yeah. Same. Now, have you been to Vegas before, Jeff? So many times. So many? I'm so obsessed with it. 
What, what do you like about it, and what don't you like? I about love it? how awful it is. Yeah. It's just the worst. That's of funny. humanity, and I love it. That's funny coming from you, because you, Jack, are a very clean person. You, uh, you dress <laughs> cleanly. You always look clean. You eat healthily. You have great so, manners. You're so polite. You're so, very articulate and smart. So it's funny to me that you would want to go to a place that is so inherently disgusting and grimy. Despondent. I think you have to, you have to honor your shadow self. Go on. I mean, we all have... We all have light and dark in us, right? Mm -hmm. Yin and the yang. Yeah. Two sides of every coin Mm -hmm. in in us. I think that my shadow lives in Vegas (laughs) and lives and lurks in Vegas and I go and visit him (laughs) and we have a time for a couple days and then I I come home and and wonder why. How many times a year do you, Jack Dolgen, visit your shadow self? Well, I try and in, in all reality, I try and interact with my shadow self on a daily basis. Okay. However... On a, we're talking about a big time visit to Vegas, big, Shadow Self. Vegas splurge. That's yeah. going to be somewhere between two and five times a year. A year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It and has varied depending on like what what my work life is like. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was more like a free, freelancing and yep. stuff. Oops. Whoop. I'm in Vegas. Up. Oh, right. I'm in Vegas. All of a sudden, it's Wednesday at 11:30 a.m. and I got nowhere to be ever. Exactly, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not responsible to anyone, yeah. you know, theoretically. Yeah, but Jack. here's the thing, Jack. You do have a job now, and do, you yeah. are a little less of a freelance guy, and you're still going to Vegas on That's Thursday right. morning. <laughs> well, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, I, I have enough. I have enough uh, people in my life who are like, let's go. Yeah, enablers, they call that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Shadow self-enablers. <laughs> yeah. Well, we spent all of last podcast talking about Vegas, yeah, but right. it does feel like a natural segue into today's topic which is luck. Mm. The No Joke Podcast is a podcast where in three acts, we discuss a topic with our previous, current, and future histories over that topic. Luck is kind of a funny topic to challenge ourselves with. Mm -hmm. We went with it because St. Patrick's Day was yesterday. That's right. And we thought we would honor my mom. (laughs) The one one (laughs) Irish person... That I think would probably care that What's we did up, this. What's up, Marianne? How are you? <laughs> yeah. Marianne, yeah. By Marianne. making this about luck. But just starting at the beginning, do you guys believe in luck? Hmm. Is luck an actual thing? Jack? You know, I have tried to think about this a little bit, and I've also tried to not think about it because I wanted to be fresh here. And mm-hmm. I have to say, I can't say I believe in luck. Mm-hmm. I think things happen right. for sure. That's for sure. I'm uh, I'm 99.9% on things happen. This podcast has happened. It's currently happening. Things for sure happen. Things do happen. For a reason in your mind. I will not. I I don't view life that way, Mm -hmm. that things happen for a reason. (laughs) But I do think that there's an interconnectedness Mm. to everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, That, I think, is actually scientific and and spiritually true for me yeah i'll stardust right i i I, (laughs) yeah 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 i I tend to agree though i'm a math and science guy which makes things like religion or things that i can't explain um i i would rather search for a reason than acknowledge it as the unexplained but i can't help but notice that there were some times in my life where i considered myself lucky Mm -hmm. which immediately plays against my whole argument that I just said that luck isn't doesn't exist, right? Yeah, but I I I I like um, the idea of synchronicity, mm-hmm. which is sort of a sister of luck, maybe, mm-hmm. um, but more about interconnectedness. And mm-hmm. I think if something has 
strikes you and has meaning for you, then it is meaningful. Mm -hmm. You know, we choose to apply meaning. Nothing is inherently meaningful. We right. choose we choose what is meaningful to us. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that, and I feel like that's like luck. Right. But then we're talking about Vegas, and I'm thinking about about gambling. Right, gambling for the casinos is is built on the fact on the idea that there is there really actually is is no such thing as luck because they make it so, uh, based on probability mm -hmm. right. so that they know that they'll win mm -hmm. and they know what they need to do in order to make sure they win mm -hmm. and it's just it's basic and it's scientific. it's kind of like magic where they just make you believe magic quote unquote is real exactly and vegas makes you believe that <clears throat> luck is real. That's right. right. But, when, but when you go to the sports books and you're like, oh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City is favored by five, that's an easy win. And the game ends on like six. Can you? And think it's incredible. How do they know? How do they know? How are these? How do they know <laughs> to the point? It's shocking. <laughs> I know. I Who know. Who does that? Is it computers? I think it's. Do we know? I think it's smart people. Just smart people. I believe like Nate Silver. Is it just Nate Silver? It's Nate Silver. <laughs> is that it? He's the, the busiest person in the universe. <laughs> Nate Silver has all of the answers. <laughs> He's just puppeteering all the sport, right? Nate, that's what Nate Silver does. I, I, I thought the same thing. How do they get it down to it? How is point spreads and sort of the way that works on a professional level? How do they have it nailed down to such a science? They're almost never wrong. So if there is luck, they 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 eliminate it. I mean, right. they, they say, well, we're going to get rid of it. I mean, here's a question. Or they determine it. Or they determine it, which means it's not luck. Right. Right? Because luck means... This, this number will make someone feel lucky, you is know, what they say I think when they set the line. I think when we're thinking about luck, we're thinking about something like destiny mm -hmm. or divine, some, some, some yes. greater thing. But yes. I think what luck might be is just where you happen to fall in the line of probability. Right. Mm hmm. I mean, and, and in that case, there is such a thing as luck, right? It just happened. You know, someone's going to win one out of 20 times on something. And that person is quote unquote lucky. But like you're saying, that's just the way that math is. Right. That's probability. That's the nature of probability. One out of 20 cars would have hit you or whatever. And you just avoided it. Right. Lucky. Adam, was there ever a time in your adolescence where you felt particularly lucky, whether you won a contest or your number was picked in line? Gosh, you know what? I think that I have actually and literally never won a contest. <laughs> I can't say that. Never I don't think I've ever entered a contest, okay. so my odds weren't great to win. <laughs> odds weren't great. Uh, I don't think I've ever won a contest. Have I ever been like selected in line? This is going to sound on a very like sort of cosmetic level. Look, when Dave Matthews Band concert tickets were released, did we get on the phone and was it like a mad rush of everyone in upstate New York and the tri-state area calling into the same Ticketmaster phone number to try and get Dave tickets? Yes. yes. Did we score those occasionally? Yes. Okay. Did I feel lucky? Hell yes. That is luck. So like in instances <laughs> <laughs> like that, I think that that is, I suppose, luck. But again, I tend to fully agree with Jack's perspective of that luck is... There is no meaning to things. <laughs> We're sort of pleasant nihilists in that way, Jack, I feel like. And I think that there is no really meaning to only the meaning that we assign various things. So I don't know if I would consider myself lucky or what really luck is, but, uh, but I do tend to agree that it's just a probability. Like luck is a mathematical sort of weird algorithm. 
that can favor some and not favor others, I guess. Right. On a serious note, it's almost like just the fact that, and this is going to sound so crude, but just we could have been born anywhere, yes. in any era, in any place, at any time, because we are just stardust and products of probability and human uh, sex from our parents. <laughs> right. So I feel, ins- I mean, so lucky that I can't even quantify or qualify it that I live in 2016 America as a f- able-bodied human man. But like, then that the- is amazing. But then there'd be a... A pre-you that got lucky. Yeah. Like, as if there was options for an, a, a you that preceded you. Right. For where you would be. That's right. Or who you would be, where yeah. you would be. Yeah. To get lucky. That's right. And that's sort of a more spiritual conversation, too, whether, like, I sort of subscribe to this idea of past me's and future me's. And yeah. maybe, like, there was a me that was, like, a, in 1700, uh, you know, you like, know, had the bubonic plague or something. But The existentialists who listen to our podcasts are loving <laughs> this conversation Those three right people. Now. Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne, my mother, the Irish existentialist. Um, that's going to be our first act break. We talked about traveling around the world a little bit yeah. um, or a place in time. Adam, what do you say we play a song um, called Where in the World is Snakes? Okay, great. We covered a television theme song. See if you can figure it out, and we'll talk about it in the second act. Sounds good. This is the No Joke Podcast. Where in the world is snakes, 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 snakes? Where in the world is snakes, 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 snakes? Snakes on a plane, and we're going around the world, bringing hip-hop to all the boys and girls. All the kids say we love your silly raps, and we say thanks, kids. Now give us all your snacks. Only green beans, no pizza. That's how we stay lean like the Tower of Pisa. Scooch into the Louvre and boost the Mona Lisa. Take her on a boat to the island Ibiza. When we're in the Everglades, we are not haters. Cause we love to water ski on the alligator. And we're wearing shoes that are made of alligators. So it's hard to tell which are feet, which are real alligators. When we jet set out to Tibet, we party with the Dalai Lama and his brother Jeff. The Dalai Lama has a brother and his name is Jeff. And he's also got a little cousin Jerry and a great aunt Beth. Talking independently of me being in the room. Tell me, am I going crazy? I'm in Amsterdam eating magic mushrooms. Argentinians come to see our show by the millions. Taking shots of Bentleys and dropping it in the Gillians. We were smashing with all the South Americans. Make their knees weak just like Nancy Kerrigan. Wizards at the bingo table. Putting down pieces for our grandma Mabel. All the old ladies in the nursing home tell us we look thinner. And we all fall asleep at the early bird dinner.
back to the No Joke podcast. Uh, that was a song that Billy and I made called Where in the World is Snakes? For those of you who were not familiar with sort of early to mid-90s PBS programming, that we used the music from Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Right. That, of- was off, that was off of the album, The Network Takeover, where we took a bunch of television songs, sampled them, made them our own, and then rapped over them. That's right. We said that if any of the songwriters from any of those shows got in touch with us, A, we'd be in trouble, Mm -hmm. but B, that means that the song had made it. That's right. (laughs) The singer-songwriter of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego emailed Billy and Adam and said, take that off of your SoundCloud page. That's true, And we did, but we just put it on our podcast page. Uh Uh-oh, take that, Carmen Sandiego. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's not the only time. Adam and I once hosted together, and now Adam hosts solo, a comedy show called Cindy Crawford. Mm -hmm. And same thing. We said if Cindy Crawford ever gets in touch with us, that means the show had made it. Yes. We were promptly delivered a cease and desist order from her attorney saying don't use her name and likeness, both of which we were on the regular. Uh, So we stopped. And Adam actively changed the show to Sandy Crawford. Yeah, just with an H there. (laughs) Just to skirt around that legal issue. And now we use uh, the image of women that uh, look or don't look like Cindy Crawford. And I wish that the stories of stealing licensing could end there. But Harvard Sailing Team yeah, we had some uh, said that if the actual Harvard Sailing Team gets in touch with us, that means that we're in trouble and we made it. Yeah. And at like 7.15 in the morning one day, I got a call from Harvard University's lawyer. What were you wearing, Bill? Uh, just my boxers. Cool. I'm sure he was wearing uh, more clothes than that. Harvard University's attorney. And he made us uh, have to make some changes yeah. regarding some licensing and merch. Yeah. Now, Jack, you're, um, you are a proficient across many artistic disciplines, music, and you're a writer, and you're a great man. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> have Thank you, you. Have you have you ever crossed the sticky licensing bridge and been in trouble for sort of intellectual property? You biting someone's tune or something? Mm, it comes up. Uh, you know, sometimes it comes up. Uh, I write on Crazy Ex Girlfriend, and right. I'm also a songwriter on it. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of we do two comedy songs per episode, and a lot of the songs are inspired by existing songs, even though they're not parodies. Right. We don't we don't do they're parodies. genre parodies, maybe they're genre parodies, right? Which is something that the uh, star of the show and I have been doing for a long time is these comedy songs that are genre parodies. Yes. Um, every once in a while, you there's a conversation and we have to make sure we're steering clear. Yeah. Um, but, and then, you know, it would come up in my past life music career yeah. sometimes where I would get, like, hired to do a sound alike or something for a TV show mm-hmm. or something like that, and you have to do the same thing but different, but same. We want not Radiohead, but like Radiohead-ish. Yeah. And, yeah. and like make it – and if you <laughs> – especially in commercials, it, you'll if you pay attention, you'll hear all kinds of music in commercials that sounds like that song you know but isn't that song you know. It right. just sounds like a shitty version of it. I just love that that's its own art form, like the almost that. Oh, the God. almost that song. Yeah, art is a generous term. <laughs> that's commercial art. It's, it's just big commercial, dis- I think, dis- right. using skills required to make art. Okay. <laughs> you know, because exactly. it's really just ripping something off. And they only get away with it because of how short the clip is. That's like, right. You know, like if you listen, it, it's like if you listen to five seconds more than 15 seconds, you'd be like, that's not, oh, right. oh, a bunny. You know, like you're on to the next ad. Already distracted. <laughs> Thus making it art. 
Okay, fair enough. Okay, okay, that's fair. There's a craft. Right. There's a yeah. craft. Um, the theme- Having done it, I just have felt so soulless doing it. I sure. hate it. We all have, yeah. and we're we've done it together. In fact, and we'll leave it. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. It took a piece of all of our souls. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but we received a paycheck, so we won't talk about that experience. Um, the theme of today's podcast is luck. Jack, you are a writer, and you write music for Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Such a great show. And Thank I wouldn't you. call oh it God. luck, but I would call it success. You just got picked up for second season yes i thank you very much congratulations another year of work you know yeah totally and it's hard to actually when i think about the show and being able to be a part of the show it's it's hard not to feel lucky to be able to do what i do go on um it's so so many so many things have to line up Mm -hmm. you know so many things have to line up Can for you just talk a show about, to get on the air. Exactly. Can you, and your experience is a good one, or uh, a good story, I should say. Will you talk about how Crazy Ex-Girlfriend actually got on the air? Yeah. So Rachel Bloom is the star and co-creator of the show. She and I have been making comedy songs and putting them on YouTube, and she's phenomenal. Truly. Um, she and her co-creator, Aline Brosh McKenna, developed this idea for a show uh, called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that would be that would sort of you know be be a normal show and also have these comedy songs incorporated into them. They sold this idea to Showtime. Showtime said, "We love it. Let's make a pilot." Mm-hmm. They made a very expensive pilot. There was a big pretzel there in was the a first two giant minutes. Giant pretzel, which is like usually in the industry. The industry adage is, if you have a giant pretzel, you're in. You're okay. good. But we found, <laughs> luck, you know, <laughs> not so lucky that Showtime said, "Forget the pretzel adage. Old Hollywood is dead. We are actually going to not pick this show up." And pretzel be damned. Pretzel be damned. Bye bye. Keep the pretzel. Have fun. <laughs> Wow. And so the show was no longer... It felt it, kaput. It was kaput. It was not going to ever see the air. Uh, and CBS, something that you and Rachel worked so hard on, you you get that news. What is the initial feeling? Is it, let's feel bad for ourselves, or is it, what's next? Let's feel bad for ourselves, what's next? <laughs> right. Oh. You know? <laughs> I mean, you cannot skip, let's feel bad for ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're doing yourself uh, an injustice if you, right. if you skip that stuff. That's emotionally healthy to kind of let yeah. that, you got to shed that. Disappointment is okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's a part of life. Um, you're very lucky to know that about yourself. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of people can suppress bad news and say, whatever, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. And that bad news is still festering in there somewhere. You have to... You're going to have to reckon with it at some point. I do that all the time. Uh, yo, the hard part for me is not dwelling on the shitty things. I mean, that's right. what I have to right. – <laughs> I've had to work on and learn. Right. But, but in this case, it's really incredible. Um, CBS was the studio, so they owned half the show, and they were able to sell it mm-hmm. to CW. And that was only – after everyone else in town passed, wow. right? Everyone passed. Netflix passed. You know, you name it. People, everyone ha- passed. People just didn't want a pretzel. They didn't want the pretzel. They heard about the disrespect for old Hollywood pretzel right. adage, and they did not like that. <laughs> and they felt like it was tainted. And <laughs> um, well, I had to say the egg is on their face now because the show is truly, I truly amazing and of the highest quality. And it's a trip knowing you and Rachel from our collective past and seeing you simply continue to excel at the thing that you frankly always have been doing together yes. and seeing you guys get this sort of level of exposure is a treat i feel like a proud uncle and i <laughs> thank you to second that it's so cool and this is a little uh, maybe self-congratulatory but i think it's more 
luck and pride. It's so cool to see our friends who never gave up on the thing that they were kind of just head down working on, whether it seemed like a pipe dream or not. The dividends have been paying off to such a degree now where it almost feels like I'm just like texting you to say congratulations on the second season of your television show, where when you look back maybe seven years ago to where we were, yeah. that's not on the map at all. You know, right. And we're so lucky that it's been our careers have been rolling in such a degree where it's also relative that the huge that's huge news but we're lucky enough that it's just more news amongst the landscape of all good news for a lot of our friends mm -hmm. and that is capital L lucky well <laughs> really. it's it, the yeah i think about it because it's like you know i'm so i got i, I want to make tv i want to write tv i got to do that last year i get to do it again and then but it's hard not to to feel lucky when you look back for me you know 6 years ago my friend dan greger girlfriend was visiting him and and sh and wanted to do a funny song and i was the only musician friend right and i was the music guy and he said hey why don't you talk to jack maybe he can help you make it right who was dan's girlfriend rachel bloom there you go and it was like that just happened six years ago and right. is that a lucky event yeah, yeah. i was a music guy i was the friend who knew how to make music you exactly. know but i mean and she had never done it and she just happened to be in town i mean how many things have to line up <laughs> probability and six and, years later yep. and unlike the first act where it's like we almost challenge the concept of luck if it even exists there's always a spiritual reason or not whatever yes i would rather just think of that as it's really lucky that you met Rachel, much like it's really lucky that I met Adam through my, our mutual friend, Chris Smith, because they went to NYU at the same time and they happened to be friends at the same time, which meant that we were lucky enough to like bump into each other enough that we made this thing right. that 12 years later is now literally this thing. Right. And, yeah. and so it almost feels better <laughs> to just call some things luck. You know, right? Let's let's, let's just call it luck. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. If nothing else, <laughs> we so, could do the algorithm and realize that it's highly improbable that you met Rachel that one day. But eh, luck. I yeah, feel like, like I feel like I aged thirty years between the first and second act, where now it's just like, you know what, kids? Rope. Kids, you want to go play in traffic? Like, <laughs> yeah. the cars won't hit you. I was yeah. a kid. The cars won't hit you're you. You're outside in your backyard with a glass of sherry and a cigar, and you're just enjoying it's life. Fifteen in the morning. <laughs> well, um, there's an adage about luck, right? It's like, what is it? Luck equals. Um, um, hard work plus opportunity. Is that what it is? Yeah, Maybe? I think so. Hard work plus opportunity, opportunity equals luck. That's right. Hard work plus opportunity equals luck divided by pretzel equals Crazy Ex-Girlfriend season two. Yeah, so I think that's the extended adage. That's right. Yeah. It's Something that I, if I could just sort of be further complimentary, I think that one of the reasons Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, aside from it being completely hilarious, clever, and wry, and just sort of super sharp, is that people love love musical theater why are why do we as a culture resist this impulse to fully give over to the fact my girlfriend maggie and i were just talking about this yesterday that i feel like because i'm obsessed with the hamilton soundtrack listen to it nonstop. maybe mm, you do too mm -hmm. jack i don't know rachel probably does rachel but loves it loves yeah. it and to me great musical theater can elevate the entire art form almost more than any other medium you know it's i feel like there's so much musical theater and it gets like a it has a cheesy sort of uh, connotation to it or like there's a corniness, but then something like Hamilton exists or like Rent back in the mid-90s exists or In the Heights or whatever or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where it just seems to elevate the entire form and people are like, oh yeah, music. we obviously love singing and dancing and comedy. It's almost the best, the best of all worlds, you know? Yeah, I think Rachel is smart to realize that and identify that 
a musical doesn't have to be beholden to one genre of music. So with the way that we do the show, you could get any number of genres in one episode of of music. Yeah. You know, from a Beyonce style, like pop song to like a rock song to a traditional musical theater style song all in the same show or episode. And Um, it's high production too. Oh man. The videos are so high production. It matches the scale of the song so much. Some of Flight of the Concord's charm was that like, the production like barely switched, you know, and right, it's just like right, you were right. still in that world and it was kind of silly. But I like that you guys went big. It's an hour long show. Why not just go big on every asset? And I can tell you that almost always the idea for the the music video gets limited by budget. Oh, sure. I mean, we want to be even bigger, you two know. Two pretzels. Two big pretzels. <laughs> pretzel with mustard. It started with two pretzels with mustard <laughs> and it got reduced to one pretzel and a canceled uh, Showtime pilot. When you, know? you guys do the oral history of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend 30 years later, it's going to start with <laughs> Rachel, you know, just sitting in her backyard with her cigar and sherry. <laughs> and she's just going to say, it started with a big pretzel. <laughs> it all starts there. And how, how awesome for you, Jack, that you get to flex all those muscles, though, from a, mu- a music writing standpoint, that you get to sort of cross all these genres. It's amazing. It's and incredible. we were, and, and, and there's three songwriters on the show. There's Rachel, and who's the primary songwriter, and Adam Schlesinger, who's our music producer, who is in Fountains of Wayne and is a really accomplished um, multi-Emmy award-winning music composer and Amazing. producer. And he's, him and his, his production partner, Stephen Gold, are super versatile. Mm-hmm. And Adam's an incredible comedy songwriter in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like you know it's creatively like you couldn't ask for for me it's a dream it's unbelievable you know and being able to write and make a tv show is very lucky Mm -hmm. speaking of which why don't you tell us the song that we're going to play in the second act break which is coming up right now yeah i you uh i thought it would be fun to play a song called i love my daughter but not in a creepy way right this is a weird song that is uh, is uh, definitely unique on the show. It's sung by uh, Rachel's character's boss, the boss character, right? And he's trying to explain to uh, to Rebecca, Rachel's character, how much he loves his daughter, and he, and he he just can't help it to, but falling into the trap of it sounding weird and creepy and pedophilic. Right. Um, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> and and that he's the is sweetest the guy. And that is the line you so masterfully walk <laughs> where it never goes one step too far. Yes. What is the name of the song? I love my daughter. Yes. This but is, not in a creepy way. This is this is Rachel and I wrote. I love my daughter, but not in a creepy way. Daddy's little girl, princess of my world I never knew a beauty like this before So clever and cute, an angel with an attitude I want her all mine all of the time I know songs like this can come off weird But there's nothing weird about helping daddy trim his Dads do that. Cause I love my daughter, but not in a creepy way. Though I realize father-daughter love comes off that way. I just love my daughter, but again, not in a creepy way. The father-daughter dance, surrounded by adorable girls. But there's only one that's got my eye. Her feet on my shoes, 
Her hands on my hips Yeah, it's a weird visual Now that I think of it I know lines like that Can skeeve people out But when it comes to tickling She about to get it now I'm very careful where I tickle my daughter Never inappropriately how that came out a bit confusingly I just love my daughter But seriously, not in a creepy way One day she'll fall in love and I'll give her away Not like I ever had her, what a weird thing to say I can see it now, she looks just like her mom Granted, I did have sex with her mom Oh, but this is different cause I love my daughter But not in a love, love way what I, oh, what I mean to say is, I'll just stop talking. Having a daughter is weird. Welcome back to No Joke with Billy Scafiri, Adam Lustig, and our special guest, Jack Dolgen. That was a song that Jack co-wrote with Rachel, I Love My Daughter, in parentheses, but not in a creepy way. Are, are there no parentheses there? There, I, I believe there are parentheses. Okay, that's how you know it's fun. In the musical comedy <laughs> genre, we rely on parentheses to explain Half the battle. what's going to be funny about the song. <laughs> it, 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 parentheses were invented for musical comedy. What <laughs> and I wrote a song called Do You Like Underpants? In parentheses, it's an honest question. <laughs> you know, I think the song was actually called Underpants, parentheses, Do You Like? Even better. Even weirder. <laughs> that's really good. Underpants, that's really good. Do You Like? That's really good exactly. uh we also played a song called top dollar which isn't that funny until in the parentheses my dad's a proctologist <laughs> right, that's right. which oh. is a brag rap song all about how i'm making money because my dad's a proctologist and then it only makes sense because of the parentheses exactly. and it's just perfect parentheses make it thank yeah. you parentheticals it's a, this is an interesting uh there's not that many people who make musical <laughs> comedy uh and there's three of them here in this room three of them, right yeah. very around but then when you do one musical comedy live show and you're performing with like five other musical comedians yeah. it feels like everyone on earth is doing this goddamn musical comedy that's thing. true it does true. feel that way yeah, yeah. i'd true. say that i would say that three is the max number of musical comedians that could be in one room at any time before you got to get the hell out of that room. <laughs> <laughs> if rachel walked in this room right now one of us would have to leave i'm hitting stop <laughs> <laughs> we'd have to leave <laughs> Uh, uh, Jack, not to trace all the way back, but you are a New York native. No. City. Oh, God. Arizona. Thank you, though. Oh, gee. Arizona. I wonder why I thought that. Arizona, then New York oh, okay. for 10 years, and then here. Okay, LA. great. I'm a New York native. Do you have a question for Maybe me? Maybe I got the two of you confused. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, Jack, specifically, just because you are sort of trafficking in this. You're like a Broadway songwriter now. I was wondering what your, if you had any particular proclivity to Broadway musicals, if you had some genres that were your favorite or some that you despised. Or I have to say my uh, relationship to musicals is is tough i'm very critical of them and i and i don't and i'm so i'm not an easy get yeah. on them um has any musical got you lay miz got me yes and billy billy will billy is a tough strong he has a tough exterior he goes to pieces about lay miz and i'm not even kidding it's <laughs> it's the perfect story with the perfect music what more do i need i don't want to keep talking about it because i don't want to cry <laughs> who's your who's your favorite character uh, Jean, 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 Jean Valjean, two four six zero one, two four six zero one. I mean, I, easy route. I'm, uh, easy route. I'm serious. Can we stop talking? Yeah, about? we can stop. We can stop. We I don't want to get there. <laughs> okay, fair. Okay. I, I, you know who's I, lucky in that scenario? Who? Our audience. Exactly. Luck be a lady. That's from a musical. Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls, which I was in in high school. Were you? Yep. Sky Masterson. Am I right? Uh, extra. 
<laughs> I believe in the musical world that's called chorus. Chorus? Chorus. chorus guy in suit. Guy in big suit. Fr- freshman. 15 year old in large suit. Skinny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Probably had to make some dice rolling motions, right, with your hands? Yes. Oh, dice rolling yeah, yeah. unnamed. <laughs> Name dice roller number six. I mean, you, you know, you, I because I work with Rachel a lot. She is a musical theater buff. An like she knows everything about. Yes. I can't talk about musicals that you know uh, intelligently. Yeah. You know, but what I will say is, I I was highly influenced by Mel Brooks movies, and Mel Brooks is going to give you a song. He's going to give you at least one song, and it's going to break you to pieces. It'll yes. be so funny. So the Inquisition. In History of the World Part 1 is, is, I think, the funniest comedy song I've ever seen or heard. It's the video. It's, it's, it is a home run in every way. Springtime for Hitler is my life highlight. Right. It has nothing to do with my life, and that song is my personal life highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Just it, knowing that it exists. It goes me. back to what you're saying, Ed. People love comedy and jokes when done right. Well, give, give me the music and come it's on. there. If you sing it, that's the best. But how lucky am I? If you sing it, we will come. How lucky am I that my dad, you know was obsessed with Mel Brooks and showed me that stuff before I was, you know, old enough to understand what was happening. I was watching those movies. The first movie I saw in the movie theater was Spaceballs. And the reason was me and my mom were sitting on the curb and we were just looking at a newspaper and I saw a van that had a tail. And (laughs) I said, what's that? And my mom said, that's Mel Brooks. Let's go see that movie. Can I tell you a cool thing? Yes. I saw Spaceballs before it came out. Oh my god. I didn't want to say it, but oh. I did want this to say it. This is the classic Arizona brag story. This is a classic AZ brag. Oh okay. You're going to hear this. A lot of AZ people are going to make this brag. This is so AZ. Go How on. did that go down? Jack? My uncle was in the movie industry here in LA. Mm-hmm. We flew out to LA for my cousin's bat mitzvah, which is a blast. <laughs> and he knew that we were all big Mel Brooks fans because he and my dad are big Mel Brooks fans. Of and he said, and guest house screening of of Spaceballs before it was released. Again, yes, it's a series of circumstances, but you're just lucky to be put in that series of circumstances. Sitting on the floor, cracking up, didn't understand half the jokes. I was so excited. It was one of the... That memory is one of the best memories I have in my life. Right. Mel Brooks. That is so cool. It was amazing. Just to echo what you said, Jack, it's like how lucky that you were born to cultured people who liked Mel Brooks and in this time and place. The height of culture. Yes. Literally. <laughs> Arizona. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Easy I agree. Brag. I agree. I think luck is, in a way, luck is the opposite of um, a predetermined existence. Right. You know, because luck, luck is saying... Um, like is saying, well, there isn't any, nothing actually is set up for me. Right. Pre- predetermined for me. Right. It's just things are happening and, and every once in a while I luck out. Right. Right. I think it's it, very atheistic. Mm-hmm. It is. Absolutely mm-hmm. is. I, I think, do you think rather um, that there is a way of increasing one's luck, <laughs> one's proclivity to have luck, to have more good luck? I don't think I do. Because, uh, like, I'm, again, I'm sort of – I waffle on this, the very notion of luck itself. I'm not – I mean, like, to me, sort of, like, superstitious, uh, like, uh, like amulets, like people that carry around rabbit's feet or a lucky pe- – the notion of, like, a lucky penny or a lucky hat, to me, is innately – that's an absurd notion. Just the right. fact that a physical object could translate into fortune one way or and, the other. And I find that to be a little silly. And that's true. But what about, like, in the, uh, something like dating? 
where you're lucky when you find someone who shares the same values with you, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But you do need to be putting yourself most likely in a place or position where you can then be lucky enough to meet the right person. Does that make sense? And that's not luck. I mean, you know, I, I really agree with the adage of of opportunity and That's preparation hard or hard work right. meeting to equal luck because the, when you talk about the lucky penny or the or the, the the rabbit's tail or something those that's passive that's saying that's saying i'm gonna do nothing and and by doing nothing i will then get something and i i think the only way you can increase your chances of things that you want happening is by activity right you have to be active otherwise it's faith and that's what you're saying about this being an atheistic con yeah because exactly. otherwise it's passive exactly. and right. you're not doing anything no one's you know if you sat if you guys had just sat in your rooms and done nothing right. literally we wouldn't be here we nothing none, none of the things that have happened in your life would have happened none putting, of the lucky things you'd right. be putting the onus on the world to come make to these things happen right for you so i think you can increase your chances of not luck but things that you want happening by being active that's right yeah by being active and and i also think that sometimes things you you get rewarded by your actions in non-linear ways mm. so you're tr you're striving for x right right you know I wanted this job. I want this job. I'm working towards this job. I'm working right. towards this job. And then the next thing you know, something from the back or the side, some other area in mm -hmm. your life or something, some opportunity comes up or something happens. Mm -hmm. And I, we get stuck in a linear framework because we feel like we're, we're sort of like, I have to do X in order to get Y. Mm -hmm. So like in that way, if you're being active and it might feel like luck when, when, when you're working really hard on like, um, getting becoming a better writer and all of a sudden you get a, a cool girl comes into your life mm -hmm. right. that might feel like luck but it might actually be reward mm -hmm. in a non-linear way absolutely so neither are luck they're they're all a function of effort mm -hmm. yeah i appreciate that i think I, i've struggled with religion for a long time i think that i've struggled with putting my faith in something that i don't necessarily fully understand can't see whatever and what i've learned as I just grew older and heard more things, hearing things about like humanists or people who just, we will, us people will like, uh, will determine how our lives play out. Mm -hmm. And we will take the responsibility of seeing our happiness play out or our sadness play out, but we will ultimately take on the self responsibility of that. And I think the older I get, the more it's just easier for me to work with those set of rules in my life, mm -hmm. you know, as yeah, opposed sure. to just saying, putting faith out there that, you know, these other things will just kind of come to me, whether it's karma or anything else. Right. I don't know. Which is another reason why blackjack is the best game to play at Vegas. At least some of it is in your control. I feel like you feel versus roulette versus poker. Don't you think? It's like, isn't that the, I mean, you guys probably know better than I do. I'm not very much a gambler. But like blackjack, the odds are the best that you'll sort of end up victorious because you're only playing against the dealer. And also there's a certain amount of, what am I trying to say, conscious action. And you can affect change in your own hand. You can hit or you can stay. Whereas roulette is just blind chance. So right. it feels like at least you can grab onto something. It doesn't have to be completely passive. In blackjack, you can at least be a little active. Sure. Down, downside on blackjack is that the same is true for the person next to you. Exactly. And their actions can negatively affect you. <laughs> exactly. So that's a little unfortunate. <laughs> Everyone's luck is tied together. You're all tethered. You, they have to not fuck up yeah. in order for you to have a shot. Exactly. Which is why I prefer craps. Uh, do you? Yes, because craps, there is no human 
element in craps. Yes. You can choose how dumb you bet. That's right. <laughs> That's all you can choose is how risky you bet. Mm -hmm. But the dice are going to be rolled. There's no um, – the drunk guy next to me who – you know, stays on, you know, I don't know. I don't know box track well enough, but you right, know, right, right. isn't going to ruin my hand right. in craps. We can all, and we all win and lose together. Have That's you not right. played craps? I don't really play. I get can we three of, can we go play craps? It's the most, it, everyone wins together. Yeah. It seems like the most fun. It's so fun. It seems like it's the most like group fun. Everyone's yelling and high-fiving and best, tossing chips. The, the best waitresses. moments of Vegas are when everyone's winning yes. together. And craps gives you that. And and boy, do I believe in luck. <laughs> boy, do I believe in luck when I'm at the craps table. Whenever I said today, all bullshit and mysticism. You're going to be singing a different tune tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Just... No, that goes out the window, baby. Luck, baby. <laughs> that luck, is... give it to me. <laughs> that is so funny, Jack. <laughs> oh, that was too, too All funny. the philosophies gone. Happy gone. to be a hypocrite. <laughs> Happy to be a hypocrite. And much like we started, the three guys in the room are now saying, yo, let's just go to Vegas. Let's just go to Vegas. What could go wrong? Well, one of us is going to Vegas, and that is Jack Dolgen, our yes. guest today. And we wish you luck, Jack. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I love you guys. Before we sign off, what you got to plug? You can follow me on Twitter. Okay. That's my name, Jack Dolgen, J-A-C-K-D-O-L-G-E-N. Mm -hmm. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, check out Duty Calls with Jack and Doug. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Duty Calls with Doug Mann is a poop podcast, <laughs> and um, it's a shit stories. Uh, if you want, if you like stories about shit, uh, you will hear some uh, people who are on this show uh, on that as guests. And uh, I would love to also say watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's still on the air. It's on CW. It's so ridiculously good. Very great. Well, I'm Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And we had Jack Dolgen on the show. This was the No Joke Podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast.